Hello, everyone. We are live doing the Fast Five Live from Fast Five Live. Delivery World. Yes. Um, you are listening uh, to the Fast Five that is still today, even at the trade show, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, and Sezzle. That's right. As you know and love, the OmniTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each yes, week. Yes, it does, too, even from Chris. Philadelphia. Today, it's the, oh, I, this is. Oh, I know, right? It's the first of the month. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Totally off the beat, probably. It is September 1st, 2022. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are live from Home Delivery World in Philadelphia and here once again to discuss all the top headlines, making waves in the world of omni-channel and perhaps big and bulky delivery. That's right. And yes, as you can see in the background, as we've talked about incessantly for the past week, we are at Home Delivery World. It's the last day of the show and we're ready to go. Like it's we're, we're here. We're live for you, our audience. Thank you for so much for tuning in. To anyone that's watching live, as well as to anyone that happens to listen to the podcast recording after the fact. But Anne, what do you think? What are you thinking of the show, real quick? Oh man, quick take, quick hot take, hot take, Anne. Hot take. I well, I would say the show has been a little hectic. Like there's yeah, so much lots going, going on. on. Yeah, um, there's so much to see. But um, I've I've had some really good takeaways, some mm-hmm. really good revelations. I think some acceptance overall of like maybe the way that i think broadening our minds yep uh are not the only ways there are other ways to experiment we talked to drone up yesterday yeah it was good a a prime case for listeners of the show they'll realize (laughs) yeah yeah i walked a tightrope on that one too like in that conversation the the little i'm talk fans will pick up my subtle cues that i was dropping throughout the course of that interview but uh but yeah let's get to the show and no reviews to read this week because we're out at the show but please do leave us a review if you get a second tell us how much you like or even also important, even dislike the show. If you're happy yes. to be listening and you're like, I hated that episode. I don't agree with you at all. Let us know. Just rant incessantly on Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to leave your, leave us a review. Yes. Hi, Cammy. It's great to have you on. You know, since this is a live show, yeah. you could also leave a comment in the comment section and tell us what you think. Yeah, we'll be taking right. those too uh, throughout the show. But if you are listening to this after the fact, um, do leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Heart the Podcast if you're on Spotify or Google, Amazon Music, etc. We really appreciate you taking the time to do that because we will read it one day for all the listeners to hear and it helps us bring you the most amazing retail content possible and helps us keep moving up those ranks and yeah keeps move helps us keep moving up those ranks and bringing that content to you <laughs> and every difference makes a difference as we always say oh my god all right we, we are do definitely this show? doing a telethon should this we do this show <laughs> i know it feels so different because we've got people flying by behind us yeah some let's... people get really close yesterday actually we had ben franklin oh show up like yeah. legitimately a dude in a ben franklin costume Grinch. like yeah, that was ben so franklin makes thing. sense we're in philly but like the green <laughs> Grinch? Where was that coming from? Yeah, the Ben Franklin, I think, was associated with the show The Grinch. I'm not so sure. But but today's Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of our good friends at Grocery Shop. Are you a retailer or brand thinking about attending Grocery Shop this year? Well, don't even think about it without using our promo code specifically for OmniTalk listeners. Just go to GrocerShop.com and enter pro- promo code RBOT1950, my favorite promo code of all time. That's R-B-O-T-1950 for your special discounted rate. All right, today we've got headlines from Bloomingdale's opening a second store under its new Bloomies banner, Instacart's launch of a new, what it's calling big and bulky product delivery the theme, service. The theme of yeah. home delivery after, world, that's for after sure. After moderating a panel on that very topic <laughs> yesterday. 
Meta and Geo teaming up to launch grocery delivery via WhatsApp in India. Ulta announced introducing a new store layout. But first, we take off with Walmart's new rewards program for Walmart Plus members. Anne. Yes. All right, Chris. According to Retail Dive, Walmart has launched Walmart Rewards as a new benefit to its Walmart Plus membership. Is this going to happen every week? Or we're like, and now I kind of feel like it. That's a great for point. Walmart actually, Plus. Uh, okay, shoppers can earn and redeem rewards both in store and online. For online shoppers, customers can tap the Add Reward option under Eligible Items on Walmart's site or app to claim the savings, and then apply their rewards balance to their purchase at checkout. And when you're redeeming rewards in store, shoppers have to use a, a QR code that they scan that we generated through the Walmart Pay app, and they can add those benefits uh, when they use the checkout at payment. Walmart Plus members can track re their rewards accumulation through the Rewards Center on the retailer site and app, and all saved rewards or item rewards will have expiration, expiration dates, dates. Keynote, meaning customers must buy the item before the reward expires. Chris. Yes. We, You're going to start me off again, aren't you? I'm I know start you are. You off again. I, every time you do that, I'm like, all right, here we go. Also choosing this question of all the, the topics uh, all right. for this week to put you on the spot. All right, let's because, do it. Because I got a lot to say about yeah, this one. Because just two weeks ago, we had um, David Brown and Abhinav Chandra of A&M on the show. We were talking at that point again about them, uh, Walmart, including Paramount as part of the Walmart uh, Paramount Plus as part of the Walmart Plus benefits. They're wondering if, uh, if, let me start this question over again here. They are wondering. <laughs> the beauty of going live, Was man. it enough to create subscription adoption and asked, what's next for Walmart Plus? Which impact will be bigger for Walmart with this rewards program? Boost to Walmart Plus members or CPG participation in its re retail media platform? Ooh, I love what ANMCRG is insinuating there. Mm -hmm. I love that question. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, yeah, I love it because it gets the heart of the possible motivation behind this whole thing yes. too, which I think is really important. Um, and to me, this is a play for the CPGs, like like NM is alluding to, mm -hmm. versus being customer first. Yes. Right. Like Sam, I've I've said this before around this program. But Sam Walton is now officially turning over in his grave, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because you're creating two stratas, stratas of customers here. Yeah, yeah, most most definitely you are. Those that want to, re those you want to reward that have higher incomes and are willing to pay a hundred dollars a year mm -hmm. to get Walmart Plus, and those who don't. Yeah, right. And that smacks full in the face of EDLP as a concept at Walmart. Mm -hmm. And like, why should I have to pay a hundred dollars to get these rewards? Like, I don't know. There's a part of me when I read this headline, I was kind of like. Wait, Walmart doesn't already do this? Yeah. Like, there are plenty of other perks programs that you don't have to pay for at competing retailers that do the same thing. Right. Why am I making my Walmart Plus customers pay for this or my Walmart customers pay for this? I agree. Which just makes no sense. So that's why AM's question is so brilliant because that's the motivation here. Mm -hmm. It's the retail media network to try to unlock the dollars through this by talking to your most advantageous consumer in your Walmart portfolio for those CPGs. Mm -hmm. I think it just reeks. I, I don't like this at all. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think especially when, when your customers have the option to download apps like Upside, like Fetch Rewards for free, right. they're getting <laughs> great cash point. that they can deposit into their account that day right. that's not limited to the Walmart universe. Like you can obviously, you know, you get cash back on rewards no matter where you're shopping. Um, and 
I just, I think that makes so much more sense. Like there's just so many better options for the customer. So I, I totally agree. Like, this how is, is this a thing? This is not a customer thing. Um, I, I want somebody listening or if you're listening yeah. live, tell us what we're missing here though, because Please. I feel like yeah. somebody at Walmart had to like pitch this as some kind of like, they're going at it as a customer benefit. They're definitely, we know yep. the CPG angle that A&M is bringing up, which is a smart one, but like what, what is the customer supposed to take? How PR teams at Walmart, like yeah. what, what is the plan here to make sense of this for the customer? Um, I, I just, I also think I, you bring up the point about how it's, you're getting the most valuable customer here and you're giving access to the CPG, uh, to the CPGs to that customer. But wouldn't it be more valuable to open this up to all customers and have a, a wider data set? Like it's the biggest retailer, the physical retailer in the country. Like, which it sounds like they're going to do when you read between the lines, like of how they're positioning this. Like they, I think they know this is going to be a criticism is what I read yeah. in it. But, but the point that, that you bring me back to, is when they debuted Walmart Plus, yeah. this came under fire too. Like you're creating a new strata. Yeah. And now you're saying we're going to do it even more. Right. It's unfathomable to me. Yeah. It, it clearly, it's showing that the way that Walmart is going to try to make money from Walmart Plus is by developing a stream of revenue from CPGs to make Walmart Plus a profitable program, not from actually having customers on the Walmart Plus platform. And at the end of the day, like if that's what you're saying, like it's not going to drive consumer adoption. Like I can get these benefits somewhere else and not pay for them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, Chris, another, oh, go good ahead. morning to Kelvin C. Kelvin, and Kelvin C. C would like you to take us to the next headline. All right, we'll do it. All right. Hey, Kelvin C. I like your name. It's so hot. Get it? Kelvin? Got it? You know? Oh, like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Meteor I can't edit out the jokes this meteorology morning. Meteorology joke. Sorry. All right. Um, Apologize in advance. <laughs> I hope I didn't offend Kelvin, but, uh, you know, I'm live here in the moment. All right. Macy's is about to get some rare Chris love on today's podcast. Bloomingdale's, which is owned by Macy's, plans to open its second store under the Bloomies banner. According to Chain Story, the upscale department store retailer, second Bloomies location at Westfield Oak Orchard in Skokie, Illinois. Skokie and Bloomies in oh Skokie. Uh, the existing Bloomingdale store at Old Orchard will close upon the opening of Bloomies, which is expected to take place at the end of October. And the new 50,000 square foot Bloomies store, I can't get over saying Bloomies. I just love I saying tell. Bloomies. Well, and and the, you're going to, you like are doing the George loves that. You just did I know the, I did that totally. Chris, yeah. Chris loves I did this that headline. totally, totally. Uh, <laughs> that might have been a function of editing pre-show, but, uh, but the Bloomies store will open at a new location at the mall. And what do you think of this news? Okay. I don't know. Chris. Really? I, 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 okay. Well, you go first. I, okay. I, the, I think that this makes sense in, in a way, because to me, it reminds me of like the model that's worked for Nordstrom and Bloomies, I think is much more comparable to a Nordstrom in terms of like brand offerings oh, 100%. and service offerings. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a higher end concept than, yep. than doing this at like a Macy's, for example. Yep. Um, so I, I think it makes sense to explore this, but I just still am missing like how bloomies like nothing that's coming out here it just sounds like smaller format like they're taking you know what was a hundred and twenty thousand three-story mall store and they're condensing it into fifty thousand square feet but there's still no like talk about how they're going to enhance omni-channel capabilities and right. how they're investing in the the overall customer experience that you know just being good at service is not going to pay off anymore clearly we're seeing that with nordstrom mm -hmm. and what their numbers are coming mm -hmm. in right now like I think that 50,000 square feet also still is big. Right. Like, 
I, I, the closest thing I, I think of now when I'm thinking about like this reinvention of the department store is Amazon style. Like Amazon style is only 30,000 square feet. Like Bloomies, if you're going to really invest right. in this, how do you really get down to a significant sizing decrease and use the technology that you have at your fingertips or that, that the industry has at their fingertips to really improve the overall shopping mm -hmm. experience and keep that in a small uh, footprint, keep your square footage down so that you can be functional and have that, that impact immediately to your bottom line by not having as much real estate. But yeah, that's interesting. Why, why do you love it? So that's much? an interesting point. Oh, you, oh, so you know, I love this, huh? Yeah. You, well, you do, said that in the beginning. Yeah. You, you know, I kind of teased talking. it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I teased it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you're bringing up good points though. Like your your points about hey, you're making these new stores. Why don't you make them as advanced from an omnichannel technology perspective as you can? Right. Because I think you're right. Like what you read between the lines and what you're saying is like it's a real estate strategy at the mm -hmm. end of the day. But I still like it for that reason. Okay. Um, and I'd say like not all horses are of the same color. So like it's a, a smaller version of Bloomingdale's in my mind is not the same thing as a smaller version of a Macy's or a Kohl's. There why? Are, and I'll tell you why, because it goes back to real estate. There are damn near a thousand stores under each of those brands, Macy's and Kohl's. You know how many Bloomingdale stores there are, Ann? I don't. I but... looked this up. It's okay. really interesting. It's far less than I thought. Yeah. According to Chain Storage, 33. Okay. So 33 throughout the country. So a smaller version of an upscale experience makes sense because most of the nation likely aspires to shop there and honestly can't. Okay. But Coles and Macy's, if you have a larger one in your backyard when you're that ubiquitously throughout the country, yeah, that's not a desirable thing to then go to a smaller option. You're going to want to go to the place with that's the larger point. selection. And so you have the risk of cannibalization there too. So, you know, so I like this because you don't have the cannibalization risk. You're going to get a pretty high return on your assets relative to um, your existing store base with this strategy that Bloomingdale's is incorporating. So I got to give Jeff... Gannett and Macy's a thumbs up on this one, which I have never done, I think, in the history of this show. But I think this makes sense. And to your point, I think I think it's a good criticism. But I think you can also still do that over time. Yeah, absolutely. Like as you I mean, this is only the second one. So they can try to fortify them. Hopefully they take that approach as they go forward to fortify them techno technologically. Yeah, I, I guess I just have concerns about um, I forget who we were interviewing the other day, but it was like, when do you get to phase two? Like, is this going to get killed because it wasn't successful in its first rollout because it was still too big? People, like, even having the opportunity to shop at this Bloomies that they, they haven't had the opportunity to shop at because the closest one is 150 miles away. Like, you still have to be investing uh, the equivalent of, you know, the, the new store format and design in technology, I think, for this to truly be successful. So. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I, I got a. I got a hunch though that first one's working. I just got a hunch. Okay. I, I got a hunch. Well, that, we're gonna be we'll, down. We're gonna be down. And it's in Dallas, right? Or oh no, I'm thinking the, of the small format. I can't remember. Macy's I think the first, yeah, the small format. We should Macy's go. Store. We need to go. We definitely we have to go to see that, that for sure. Yes. But Skokie's not far. Actually, we could probably hit that in a day. Um, your stay tuned, folks. Your your friend Kelvin said it is really hot. Nice. In Singapore. Yes. They, Kelvin gets the joke. I, I love always it. appreciate when people. Yes. Uh, pander to Chris's Kelvin. Jokes and... You're my new. You, I'm now your biggest fan, Kelvin. Oh All God. right. All right. Let's go to headline number three. So, according to Chain Store Age, again, Instacart is launching Big and Bulky, a new fulfillment cap capability that enables same day and scheduled delivery for large items that are big and bulky nationwide. Mm -hmm. Big Lots, the container store. Office Depot and Staples are just Ooh. a few of the retailers who have already signed up to use this service. 
These retailers and others are now offering same-day delivery of large items such as outdoor furniture, home office supplies, and electronics via the Instacart app. In some cases, Big and Bulky is even offered via retailers' own Instacart-powered websites. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, it should also be noted that the fulfillment technology behind Big and Bulky runs on Instacart's Carrot Delivery and enterprise solution from Instacart that provides end-to-end fulfillment for retailers. Chris, I, I think you're our resident big and bulky expert now after <laughs> yesterday's panel. So please um, pontificate on what you think of this new headline from uh, from Instacart. From Instacart? Oh my God. Two words that have never been said about me in my life, big and bulky. Um, yeah, but you know, so backstory there that Anne's alluded to, I moderated a panel with two cool companies actually yesterday. Um, on big and bulky delivery and how it's transforming the industry, um, which I think is important. I learned a lot from that discussion. And here's what I'd say about this headline, Anne, and then want to hear what you've got to say as well. Like, I think it makes sense strategically hmm. if I'm Instacart, especially as they're trying to add revenue uh, to goose their IPO, right? Yeah. I think that's kind of potentially what's going on here. I think that's 100% right. You think so? Yeah. Okay. But I would also say that this is really hard to do well. And as I know from the, exactly. the former head of home furnishings for target.com, which is all about big and bulky delivery, you're talking sofas, couches. See, you are the resident expert I, on big and bulky. I joke, but I, you actually have experience. I know relatively more about years this than back. I do some of the things we talk about on a <laughs> weekly basis. But but yeah, but I mean, some of the issues that come up, right? You have, for example, you have products that are harder to ship, right? Yep. They're big and bulky. That goes without saying. The other thing you have is customers typically need to be home to take mm -hmm. these orders, which mm -hmm. is an important factor. And then the other part that's really hard with this is when a product arrives and it's not in the condition that the customer expects, oh, yeah. that return process is a nightmare. Yeah, you don't want to be that delivery person. No, and so so the, the other point I met, I met uh, one of the companies I interviewed yesterday was called Dolly, I interviewed their CEO. Mm -hmm. They've been trying to basically nationally brand LTL delivery uh, for the past seven years. What's LTL delivery for the listeners who might not know that? Acronym? Basically, it means like when you need a non-standard, you have a non-standard product okay. that you need to deliver in a bigger truck, okay. right? Than a car or a trunk, like the Instacart DoorDash story, we, or the DoorDash Facebook story we yep. covered a couple weeks ago. This is different. And so they're trying to build a national brand around that. But it shows you that it's really hard. They've been doing it for seven years and they still haven't accomplished that. Now Instacart's saying, oh, we're suddenly going to do this with all these new complexities. So to me, if I was Instacart, well, it makes maybe makes sense strategically, it wouldn't be where I would focus my revenue and profit driving efforts to goose an IPO right now. Okay. Because it's going to take a hell of a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. I, we said we've been hearing tons at this conference at Home Delivery yeah. World about the challenges of, of what you're talking about, mm -hmm. of shipping large items, big and bulky delivery. You've been sh shipping these products for the last 10 years since you were at Target, as you mentioned. I get and I get the IPO like upcoming and how it, yeah. how you expand your offerings and everything, but like this is really hard to do. Right, like, that's why, exactly my point. Why Instacart is taking this on mm -hmm. with all of the other things that are out there? Like even if even if Instacart just said like, "Hey Meta, we see you're partnering with DoorDash. Do you want to partner with us too?" Right. Like just finding other ways because it's not just about like. I don't know the the gig drivers no. that they're talking about here. Like that was another thing that occurred to me. Like, do you remember the early days of Uber and like how much longer it took to get an Uber XL? Mm -hmm. Like now you need the gig workers for Instacart who have larger vehicles right. to be able to, be to sign up for this kind yeah. of thing. And 
I, I, I just don't see that happening. Like with gas prices being what they are, like the average gig worker, I imagine is like using their most fuel efficient, like fastest, smallest car that they can to like run as many deliveries as they can to make as much money as possible within that hour. Like who's signing up for this service offering as, as your gig worker. So I just, I think it's going to be a challenge for Instacart to make this profitable. A hundred percent. I think you're hitting on the head. Like actually what it actually makes me think about too, is like, if you're actually office depot or staples in this headline, mm -hmm. I'd actually be questioning your judgment here because you're right. This is going to be harder than the garden variety thing Instacart does day in and day out. Yes. They don't have the muscle memory on how to do it. There's already profit questions around Instacart. This is going to be a less profitable activity at startup than what you were doing before. It makes, it has to be right. right? And so it just, Fundamentally, it just doesn't necessarily make sense. It seems like another stretch or a reach and probably an indictment on on those companies, too, because like I said, this company, Dolly, they've been doing this for seven years. Right. And he talked all about the training, the intense training they put their drivers through to get the gig workers to make sure that the truck is up to standard. Like Instacart's going to have to learn how to do all of that. Yes. Yeah. There's a reason that nobody's touching this with a 10 foot big and bulky delivery yeah it's really hard and and most of the deliveries are done very decentralized it's like it's like joe and joe and john in their truck right. that are just happen to be contracted by a given retailer to do the delivery it's right. crazy it's a crazy space all right let's keep moving according to TechCrunch, meta and an e-commerce venture between india's reliance retail and geo platforms are bringing grocery shopping to whatsapp and what they said is the first end-to-end -end shopping experience on the popular instant messaging platform the launch of Geomart on WhatsApp follows Meta and Geomart beginning to test an integration with select users two years ago. Hmm. I think I remember talking about that, actually. Yeah, I do, too. It sounds familiar. Customers in India will be able to browse Geomart's entire grocery catalog on WhatsApp, add items to a cart, and make payments via local payments rail UPI without ever leaving the instant messaging service, the companies both said. WhatsApp, it should also be noted, is used by about half a billion Indians each month. That's and crazy. I know that's nuts. I put that in there because I thought that was an important context, especially oh, for the US market. Yeah. And do you think this is a sign of the future? Do you think we'll all be shopping via text messaging? I, you know, at some point in time, I, do, I don't know. But I, I'm going to I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast in that I'm trying not to mm -hmm. like remove yep. the possibility that some people will want to shop that yep. way. Do I think it's going to be like, you know, grocery order, like pick up in store, buy online, pick up in store right away? I don't know. But I do think that it's important, like you noted, half a billion or yeah, half a billion yeah, half Indians a billion, are yeah. already using WhatsApp as a day to day behavior. And I think that what it's mo what I'm most curious about is will they start to shift behavior then of going to, you know, like bell peppers like i where can i get bell peppers for going from google and now doing that behavior if they can inside whatsapp right where mm -hmm. you know what they have open already mm -hmm. on their tablet if you can start search behaviors now in whatsapp i don't think it's too far-fetched to say mm -hmm. like yes this could now be an opportunity for me to build a basket to to i think especially if you can connect this to other friends or family mm -hmm. members in that same order to be able to like just execute that those ones and twos like in in a quick pickup order for the week i definitely think that this could be a viable option and i think this is a great way for the pickers to be communicating then inside whatsapp as well like you again you already have that open so instead of having to go to you know the geomart app right, in right. order to the communicate with them it. yeah it's like you're all everything's staying all within that one space 
And, you know, Asia in general is much more familiar mm -hmm. with one app, the super app to control like right. all of your, your day-to-day -day activities. So I don't think it's too far-fetched. Um, I don't know that we'll see this like happening in the US right away, but mm -hmm. I, I do like this. I think it's really cool and, and something that we mm -hmm. should be watching really closely. Yeah. I like how you think about that. I like how you, I like how you said it too. I think the, what you make me think of is kind of like the live streaming conversation that we've had of like yep. why it works in Asia, but doesn't necessarily work in the same way over here. I think the context of the country matters, right? Like, right. And so for me, like I used to, I used to think that we'd all be doing this shopping by text message, but now I'm not, I'm not so sure because you know, it's so prevalent in India. It's and it's 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 prevalent here, but there are other options here that aren't necessarily as ingrained over in India. So, for example, for me, um, Amazon here, it's going to be really hard to thwart the Amazon find what I want one click buy. Yeah. Like that's just such an easy experience. Yep. So for text messaging to work long term, it's going to come down to the UX. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be a really different vision, which I can't even fathom what that is in my mind. Yeah. But if someone can come up with it, mm -hmm. it could happen. But I think it's more likely to happen there than I think it is in the States. And so therefore, from my perspective, as I was thinking about this last night, I wouldn't I wouldn't be investing on the commerce side of it if mm -hmm. I was a retailer. Okay. I'd be investing it more on the point you brought up, which is how do I create that one to one communication connection with my customer on the customer service side of things right. once I place an order or keeping an ongoing conversation with with my customers as well. That's that's how I would think about yeah, this. In I, a platform that they already have open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd be watching it. I'd be investigating to say, hey, what are they doing with the UX in India as it comes about? And can we learn from that? Right. But yeah, that's how I'd be thinking about it. All right, Chris, let's go to our last headline. Number five, Ulta plans to introduce a new layout in its stores coming this fall. Ooh. I loved this headline. You, I know, um, yeah. <laughs> so according to this could get spicy, it could, everyone. It Hold could. on. So according to Retail Dive, the company plans to introduce a new front of store presentation in September that will focus on editorial storytelling around trends, events, and new products. Ulta's current layout is organized for you, Chris, who I think we've been into an Ulta store together a couple of times. But if you don't remember, they currently organize by price point with prestige makeup brands and other skincare on one side of the store mm -hmm. and then mass makeup and skincare on the other. Right. Kind of goes down the center aisle. Right. Um, fragrances in the middle of the stores and hair care is in the back. Right. Uh, this new vision uh, involves consolidating categories, meaning it plans to place mass and prestige together still with clear brand delineations how they're going to do that specifically will yet to be seen still be, still to be to be determined yes still to be determined but why are you a little hmm oh you can tell honest. already huh yes yeah because i i think this is a big nothing burger this story is an absolute nothing burger um the reason i say that especially in the in the realm of like you know omni-channel evolution like it's your job to merchandise the store to the trends and how people shop. Fair, so, okay. Fair. I mean, at the end of the day, like if I put my merchant hat on, it just sounds to me like good, better, best merchandising to me. Okay. Like that's all it is. And I don't, I don't, I don't get it, but, but I'm not the beauty consumer. So this resonated with you. So as you've been, as the theme of this podcast is to try to keep an open mind. Yes. You did love this. So why did you love it? I mean, isn't, isn't this what what retail merchants are supposed to be doing? Yeah, like, exactly my it, point. Yeah, I mean, I think we like we so following trends is right. I think that's it's it's following how we're shopping online and what the what the physical equivalent of that mm -hmm. is in the store. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing, but like we should be merchants should be testing new ways of doing this. So yes, Alta, let's continue that. 
Um, I think though that this allows for other products to be entered into the universe of consideration. So like, say for example, like green, green is a trend color. It's like the Pantone color of 2023. I don't know that for sure, Mm -hmm. but let's just play along with that theory. Like, I think from a shopper's perspective, it's really cool to be able to go in and instead of just seeing the NARS end cap that shows what the NARS green trends look right. like and that, that or like what trend they're playing looks up. Like. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, Kylie or, mm-hmm. you know, the Ulta beauty owned brand. Like, I would love to see one display where it's like, here are all the coolest green, the top 10 green trend makeup mm-hmm. trends that we have in the store and giving the opportunity for the associates in the Ulta store too, to be able to speak to that, to take people to it and be like, you know, hey, if you want the the budget buy for the NARS eyeshadow, here's the version right here. Like you have that at your disposal all in one centralized place. Plus, I think once, um, as we've been talking about supply chain at this conference a lot too, I think it allows when out-of-stocks happen to quickly be able to sub- to put other product in to still capture that sale where like if if which frequently happens with some of the makeup mm-hmm. palettes that mm-hmm. come that's out that fair. are limited time offers mm-hmm. like if that's gone if that end cap display is gone like how can you put in and still keep with this theme that's true to how your customers are shopping online is is a great way to do this yeah that's interesting i hear your points i think i think you're over attributing it a little too much in terms of what's happening here i think all of those things could be done in a traditional merchandising setting um especially the reorganizing but you know, at the end of the day, like if you want to play up a trend story and you think as Ulta, you need to play up your trend stories more in a new way. Kudos to you for doing it. I just I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's do you let me ask you this as a former merchant. Do you think that it will encourage the retailers? Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> Whoa, random cough. Do you think that it will encourage <laughs> retailers to work differently with the brands that they the like just to be thinking about these displays differently instead of like brands typically like executing an end cap again we'll use the nars example where it's like this is our holiday palette this is what's coming what is included in that boom we just ship this out to every single retailer um versus like you know now now trying to work with the creative team like truly create a better yeah that's that's a good point and i think that's the point that I like about this the most is, and especially in the beauty category, it's always seemed to me that the beauty category is, is at the behest of the brands mm-hmm. and they are kind of merchandising to what the brands want, which is good and bad in the sense of you get a lot of dollars that way, but you're not always merchandising it to what the customer, your customer wants or how your customer wants it to be presented. You're okay. merchandising to what your brand expects you, but there's, that's a middle person. That's mm-hmm. not you as the brand. So, so I think this does free up, more create that approach does potentially free up more creativity in merchandising mm-hmm. for you to tap into what your customers want day in and day out, which is just an a axiom that I think every retailer should believe in okay. and figure out the right balance of that mix between, you know, how it's traditionally been done and how it's, it is going forward. But I think that's a great point. All right. Well, also we'll be checking out the the new displays in store. Yeah. Watch. We'll go in. And we'll be like, eh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? All, All right. right. So we're going to get to the lightning round now. Chris, uh, question yeah. number one is for you. If you find yourself in New York, not too far, a hop, skip, and a jump from here in Philly, which of the following items require that you now be 21 to purchase? Okay. Franzia box wine. Franzia box wine. Paps Blue Ribbon. Paps Blue Ribbon. Ready Whip. Ready Whip. Okay. Well, I'm going to guess it's Ready Whip because one of those is not like the other. You are right. You now need to show an ID that you are 21 or older to consume 
Ready Whip to purchase and consume Ready Whip how in does, New York. How does one actually consume a Whip It? By the way, I actually don't know the answer to we that. We are not legally able to talk. We're about not that able on to talk podcast. about that on that podcast. Let's okay, can you tell me to, later? Because yes. I actually don't know. I feel like very naive right now. We'll have a we'll um, have a little heart to heart. I, I, I don't know why I'm assuming you know that, but um, if you could I mean, help I me with that, reason, I think I'd be good. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> all right, let's keep going. Uh, New Jersey recently banned shopping bags, both paper and plastic. I've heard a lot about this at the conference, actually. Like people in the halls talking about this. So people are resorting to stealing the little plastic hand baskets, like legitimately, like it's causing a ton of problems for these retailers. And my question to you is what percent of your grocery shopping trips are hand baskets versus carts? Oh, I would say 90% hand basket. Really? Because I I'm only, so shocked. I only do the infill trips, like oh, the quick, like we need these right. things. Mr. Amitak does the Costco run, He right? does the, the Costco stock up uh, weekly. So I'm just going for like the, the, the things that Costco doesn't have basically, which usually fit in a hand basket, yeah, but I'm not stealing them. Yeah, right. No, you're not. Yeah, that's true. Mine are probably like 50 handbasket, 50 nothing, I think, actually. <laughs> you're just juggling them. Yeah, right. It's usually like, hey, kids, you take this. I take this. We're going in quick. Oh, my God. Don't Get drop the melon. Get her done. Uh, all right, Chris. Panera is piloting voice AI ordering tech called Tori that will now take <laughs> orders at its select New York locations. Again, in New York. Um, what's the last thing you ordered at Panera and when was that? First of all, why do all these things need names? Like, I don't know. I, I, it makes them more human, more I guess. More catchy for I marketing. Know. I don't know. I, yes, I just don't the, get it. The but latter. That's really the answer, right? Um, you know, you're not going to believe this, but back in 2009, 2010, I was running the baby department like at Target. Yep. yep. I religiously ate at Panera every day. That does not surprise me And it was a tuna, tuna sandwich every single day. And then someday, once it just stopped, and I never went back. Never went back. So Overate it. Okay. Good. I'm going to remember that when we have our next discussion about the Panera Coffee subscription and the fact that you haven't been there since 2000. Ooh, good dig. And damn, that one burned. All right. A man aptly named Cinderfella, so they huh. never thought I'd say on this podcast, plans to set a Guinness World Record by paddling an 846-pound pumpkin down the Missouri River for a total of 38 miles. I we got to do a deep dive on gourd density and how like that's possible for a pumpkin that heavy. There's to actually float. pictures of him in the pumpkin. God, I just don't waiting down the, the river. Physics of yeah. that. I got to. Okay. So my question to you is what is the most memorable thing you have ever done with a pumpkin? Okay. Chris is coming up with all kinds of ideas. He, I'm sure like based on your, your ready whip, whip it question that you're expecting me to say something totally inappropriate that I've done with a pumpkin. But I'm actually, <laughs> But I'm actually going to say something very sweet. And my most memorable pumpkin oh. memory is um, going to a cook cooking class with my now deceased grandmother, oh, who I geez. loved and adored. And we made a pumpkin lentil soup that was her oh. favorite. So that's the best thing I've done with a pumpkin. That is amazing. I know. God, I can't even use your out of the out of your gourd joke that I was going to use. It just didn't work. But well, Cinderfella is out of his gourd. Cinderfella is out of his gourd. Actually, he will be in, out. He's, he's in, in his, his gourd. gourd. Yeah. <laughs> hope he stays in his gourd. All right. So it looks like we got some questions from the audience, too. Let's okay. do some audience participation right Cammie, now. Cammie wants to say that um, we're right on about the text messaging question that we we're talking Ooh. about with um with geomart and she said that um when when in the u.s using uh we in the u.s are using text i message more comparing to people in in asian cultures or countries she said my most of my family and friends in southeast asia are using whatsapp and line to communicate which i i think plays into oh. that earlier question mm -hmm. of like you know does this become more you know collaborative in an ordering and communication mm -hmm. with 
um, with your your shopper. Yeah. Um, and then Kelvin, Kelvin, Kelvin also yeah, is, Kelvin back is again. dropping back in to say uh, related to the Alta story. Uh, just read the article. Nars drops NFTs to market's 20th anniversary in Hong Kong Ooh, retail. So we nice. gotta we gotta dig into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, gotta dig into that. Um, thank you so much to everybody for participating in the show today. Um, please leave your comments again and reviews in in Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening to this today. Yeah, that wraps us up, and we gotta give our happy birthdays today to Zendaya, oh, yeah. Ooh, Gloria, Zendaya. Stefan, oh. and Anne. Uh, and believe it or not, the woman who can take all of me, Lily Tomlin. What? And remember, you can only read or listen to like one. In the, the Like Lily Tomlin from The Giant Chair? Or are we talking yeah, like Grace movie. and Frankie? She's in the movie All of Me. Oh, oh yeah. Which to Lily Tomlin, though, I'm saying? like. No, it's it's the it's the the joke <laughs> the joke is lost. Oh. <laughs> She's in the this movie is... All of Me. It's like my favorite movie. One of, it's like my second favorite movie. So you don't time. really want Lily Tomlin to take all of you? Just clarifying. No, I don't. Okay. But she can take all of me in that movie. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? It, it, right. it does to people who understand the movie all of me. Yes. We are crashing and burning as we speak. All right. Remember, if you can read, only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the tweet, week's top news and our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and, and it's just for you. And we try really hard to make it fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And remember to use our promo code ARBOT1950 to register for Grocery Shop, which is only two weeks away. It roughly. is. That's R-B-O-T-1950. Ann and I will be there. We are now moderating multiple panels on stage and doing live streams throughout the show. You're so, going to be sick of hearing us from Grocery Shop because we yeah, have so probably. much coming at you, yeah. but it's really exciting. We can't wait. Yeah, so from all of us at OmniTalk Retail, as always, be careful out there. Live from home delivery world. The OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. It is also brought to you in association with the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption and take off. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate their robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com.